0: Welcome to episode 15 of the Brood Sages, Stormbound Players with a head for the game. I am Freeloader, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Sabaiku and Arthas. Sabaiku, how's it going tonight? Fantastic. And Arthas, how are you doing? I am doing great. Well, we are the Brood Sages, and as a reminder, you can always contact us at Brood Sages on Twitter. Or for all of you who used to binge watch the original X-Men animated series, our email address is thebroodsages at gmail.com.
1: Oh, my gosh. I binge watched that. (laughs)
0: So did I. Wait. How
2: old are you? I'm getting my kids to watch it right now.
0: (laughs) It's fantastic. If you haven't watched it, we recommend. Um, So, guys, uh, uh, this uh, will be a little bit of a longer episode than normal. We, We are chock full of great stuff for all of you. This is kind of our holiday gift to our listeners. It has one of the most important interviews we probably will ever do uh i'm so excited uh to to be introing that arthas did a fantastic job with it i'm psyched for all of you guys to hear it but on top of that we have patch notes for the upcoming jan 1 release Uh, we're very excited to be sharing that with all of you guys and on top of that we even have hopefully a couple of uh, listener comments that we will be responding to so it's just kind of like a mega episode we won't be doing one next week since we're already giving out all this information about the upcoming patch. Uh, So with that, Arthas, you have one heck of an interview this week. Tell me about it.
1: Right, yeah. I actually interviewed another very valued member of the Stormbound community, and uh, I'm sure you're going to like him. Everyone knows this guy, and it's Reckless Rush, our boy. Man, I was so excited. Finally got him into the podcast and uh yeah he was also really excited to talk about himself and it was nice that this interview was really good opportunity to learn more about him and uh i hope you guys enjoy that one all right guys well here we are we have our special guest here a very very well-known member of the stormbound community reckless rush hello right reckless rush here um He's been making some very good impressions in the community and a lot of people uh, kind of know him. But in case you don't already know, Reckless Rush, very, very uh, skilled player. And he's actually the one who invented the strongest deck in Stormbound history. But more for more on that later. Reckless Rush, let, let's learn a little bit more about you, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, let's see. What first brought you to Stormbound, right? How did it even start for you?
3: So I would consider myself... Um as a person that really enjoys card games actually um in my childhood I used to play a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh and then I guess that brought me to Hearthstone which I also thoroughly enjoyed until I guess there's some parts of it that I don't enjoy so I ended up trying to look for other games that are card games it's really hard to find a good card game to be honest, and I ended up getting stuck with Stormbound, which I found on the App Store. Just came across it one day.
1: What was about it that like really caught your eye? Or that was, you know, different than the other card games.
3: Oh, that's actually a really good question. So, there's this part of me that also loves upgrading games. I don't know why, but the sense of progression in a, in a game is just so like amazing to me. I love the fact that you start as something small and you can end up as something really big. So, this idea of upgrading cards was just so like unknown. This upgrading card game there's so much potential in it so I ended up getting so attached to it honestly and I started like upgrading cards that I knew I'm going to play and then make decks around that and then you just have so much fun you know experimenting it's amazing
1: yeah yeah I can definitely agree with that I mean when I first started it was uh the the biggest the biggest joy that I found was unlocking new cards and seeing like all these cool abilities right and it's just motivating me further to like see all the other new abilities because the cards are like hidden at first and then when you see them and you want to try them out it's just great Mm -hmm. how long have you actually been playing stormbound
3: so that's a good question um there's this part where i actually took a big break so i don't recall correctly the exact date but give or take it was about three years ago and for whatever reason i guess i'm just always this type of aggressive rush player i've always been that kind of person so (laughs) i got hooked on swarm really fast and it was in this time when at this time ami used to have three strength at level one. So from what it is now, it used to have oh plus one strength. Oh man, plus I remember strength. that. <laughs> and it was also different, slightly different. So I used to love playing this card. I was like trying to get all my fusion stones investing only in this, playing Ami's spam decks. It was so fun. And and then I guess this at the same time, the meta was really heavy, like dragon reliant. And for whatever reason, I kind of got discouraged because after playing, like the, the progression wasn't that good in a way where I kept trying to reach high ranks with these decks and it just didn't work out and i kind of got bored out of it so i guess from there i took one year break approximately i came back to the game and at that time i, I still had my old deck right so i picked up on that deck got myself up to diamond five with base health 14 which
1: oh okay <laughs> some players
3: it was a, like they said it was pretty good And then that's when i started thinking this is apparently considered good right like base health 14 and then i was thinking could i do better because this isn't an an account that i kind of started i started from scratch obviously but it would my intention was not to make it base health 14 to diamond i just guess gradually grinded that way because i always play swarm so i decided to make a new account that's not the only reason why I created my second account there was another reason where because once you reach high rank at like low I guess levels you could say then when the season resets you're playing with players of really high like a lot there's a huge level disparity there Mm -hmm, so from diamond five when I have like maybe a maybe like a three level three deck average then you're ending up you're playing with diamond one players and it's actually unplayable it was literally (laughs) unplayable i could not win a single game in four every 14 games i could not win no matter what i did and i didn't have the levels or the cards to even make a deck so the game was literally stale i could not win a single game And then that's when I was just like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm going to make a new account. And then (laughs) I made the account Reckless Rush, right? And I don't even know where I got the name from. Honestly, I just loved the card Restless Goats. And then I just tried to make a name over that. And then I combined Swarm (laughs) Rush with this. So I guess this came to be Reckless Rush. And so my intention with this account, however, was literally only leveling up cards that you will use in the future. So I actually spent a lot of time theory crafting in my head and not even like playing the game, just thinking like what could make the best deck, right? And uh, yeah, I came across this combination of cards. There was a, a few cards I upgraded that I shouldn't have technically because they weren't in the final version of the Reckless Rush deck. But on the way to like, you know, trial and error, trial and error, I've played more than thousands and thousands of games with the same deck. Like it's kind of unbelievable to some of you because I know you guys love creativity and playing different decks but i've played this deck from start to finish like you don't even know over a year from <laughs> since it became a thing so
1: it's a, a very big part of your identity then i mean it is named after you right reckless rush
3: yeah exactly <laughs> you got it
1: and um if you guys don't already know the uh, the watchers here uh reckless rush the deck um you can actually find it on Stormbound Kitty. It has its own section there for it for the deck, as well as the amazing uh, Reckless Rush guide on how to play and optimize the deck and your playstyle, written by Reckless Rush himself. Also found on Stormbound Kitty. It's really, really in-depth. And I am very, very certain that even if you don't intend on playing Reckless Rush or maybe you want to play other types of Rush, like uh, just Rush in general, you will definitely be able to transfer some of the skills and techniques that you learn from. Such a meticulous guide that I'm sure it's going to improve your gameplay very much. But uh, right, the amazing thing about this deck, Reckless Rush, is that um, Berzoza, (laughs) he mentioned one time, uh, several months ago, he mentioned that uh, Reckless Rush was way too strong. And everyone was like, what was it like? What was the win percentage or something like that. And unfortunately, he couldn't really uh, disclose any of the data or anything like that. But he did tell us that it is the strongest deck in Stormbound history and nothing comes close to it. Subsequently he started adding a bunch of um <laughs> buffs to the control play style to like slow down the massive growth that Reckless Russia <laughs> um yeah. kind of sparked in the community. And it's just it's just great. Reckless, what what kind of like um you know, the best kind of tips or things that you hope people never forget or want to always put in their gameplay when they want to try out Reckless Rush.
3: So when trying out Reckless Rush, honestly, the biggest issue people have, like even before playing the deck, is actually making the deck. The deck is actually fairly easy to get, I'd say, compared to other decks because it doesn't have any legendaries and it only has three epic cards. But still, some new players will have trouble getting, gathering those epic cards. So that's would be my first... Um, I guess, main tip to actually play the deck. You need to actually have the cards for it. Otherwise, you will have to make some substitutes, which, I mean, they can work, but they're not as effective, right? And I guess the second tip would be play the game. You can only get better by playing the game. That's a fact. And even if you read guides and watch other gameplay and you learn from there, you still won't be able to take all that knowledge and apply it to to your game unless you actually play the game. So... Play the game. I've spent countless hours manifesting this deck, so I obviously know the ins and outs of everything, all the counters, basically everything. And if you want more tips, there's other sources like um, Artis just mentioned. You can check out my guide. There are a few tips in there that can help you get a good grasp on the foundation of it.
1: Right. And and what about what about those people who are you know maybe afraid of dropping a few ranks or something, trying to learn a deck? Like, what's your uh Um, encouragement for something like that because i know a lot of people they tend to uh find some loyalty with a deck when they find some success with it right and uh trying a new one can be quite scary
3: yeah makes sense that's a good question so this is kind of i guess a little bit insightful to something outside of the rr's um, topic here but for newer players When you're in gold and below, when you're in gold and below, so that would mean iron, bronze, silver, and gold, if you lose three games consecutively, either through concedes or actual defeats, you will actually face a bot. And a bot is typically a pretty easy opponent because they just don't have the capacity to play like a normal human being, and they just have lower level cards than the average player in that rank so by playing against a bot you actually have a really high chance of winning on top of that i don't really see a reason to not play from the fear of losing because if you got to a certain rank you can most definitely get back to that rank just from playing because over span of like 100 games for example there has to be there's obviously going to be a range of where you actually fit in and in most cases you will actually climb past the rank you currently are in so That's actually how I, myself, started with the deck because I already knew about this three defeats um, bot method. That's how I actually grinded gold every single day. So for 20 days since the deck was made, I sat myself down and I I would max out my gold every single day by doing this method. So not only by doing this method, obviously you want to win when you can, but I personally feel like if you know or if you feel that you're going to lose the game, then I don't really see a reason to play it out because if you could see early i guess you kind of save your, yourself time you save yourself the anger from you know almost winning <laughs> i guess or not even almost winning just from losing like that bad so, it's like
1: it's like you uh you went out on your own terms <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> i guess so so i would i would just <laughs> exactly so you would, i would used to actually concede the games that i would lose that i feel like i would lose and then i would just play from there i'd gold max every day and believe it or not in 20 days from that from when that account was created completely free to play I was able to climb to platinum, which is pretty amazing, I'd guess. I, I'd say because the deck level average was pretty low; it was actually a 1.75, and again, it was only with these cards in the deck. So that's kind of absurd in a way to get to platinum in 20 days from the account was created. But again, it's just a matter of playing, not giving up, and just continuously like putting yourself in the mind, in the mindset that losing is fine. You're going to get back up to the rank that you that you were previously in.
1: Right, that's very that's very very well said. Now, reckless, I also heard that you're a co- content creator in the community. And uh, well, what kind of content do you make and like? Where?
3: Yep, yep, you're right. Wherever you heard that from is correct. Um, <laughs> I am currently on YouTube. I actually gathered the motivation to create a YouTube channel solely from you guys. You guys are amazing, and you guys are were a lot of you were supportive of this deck, and you really wanted to learn how to play the deck. So I sat myself down. That's when I actually made the guide on Stormbound Kitty, where Arthus Room mentioned you can find it on Stormbound Kitty. After that, I decided people still need more help. Some educational guides or some educational videos would be helpful for this. So I sat myself down. I made a YouTube channel. And the main focus was to help players understand how to play this deck. But I also wanted to get a little more creative. So I started doing other series as well, such as there's this one series called Rush to Diamond, where that's the one where I play only on the Reckless Rush deck and see how how fast we can progress, kind of as a team, because I'm not playing any games off stream um, or off camera, you could say. I'm playing the games and you guys are all watching it. So... I'm not doing anything like any hidden activity here. You guys can see myself play the game and you'll see the progression, how how I can climb and how do I play the game. And I give a lot of insightful tips as well. On top of that, I have this other series that many of you also enjoy called Guess the Rank. I'm trying to make it a lot more collaborative where I want to engage the community with this video. So in the beginning i actually made it just a normal upload and it was pretty fun to make actually where players face off against one another and they record their screens so then i can actually upload it to youtube and essentially each player plays against one another and you have to guess who in that pool of players is the diamond player so you have to i guess look at what they're doing good and what they're doing bad and then just give your best prediction on who you who you really think was the best player there but recently i've decided maybe we should make this series live so i'm going to actually try and stream this type of series and then hopefully we can get a lot of more pl- people watching the stream and we can do live polls and that i think that'd be amazing that'd be so fun and we're going to see if we can also get um special guests involved as well
1: Ooh, i see much like you are right now <laughs> <laughs> And uh, guys, I mean, that's not the only thing he does. I mean, currently, he's actually hosting uh, a joust, uh, like a mini tournament in the Discord. Uh don't want to talk about it too much because, I mean, he has made a lot, but he's made some very, very interesting ones, especially like the draft tournaments where he uh, he programmed the bot to help you draft the deck from scratch. And that's that's been so much fun. He's also very in- innovative, any of like the rule sets and the, the many different and creative ways to play the game it's just an amazing like fresh set of eyes on the game and like finding new ways for us to enjoy it it's just amazing and i, I think reckless rush was it the first time you streamed live that other day because uh you're streaming on youtube or twitch or
3: both So I was streaming on YouTube that day and that was actually uploaded to my channel in case anyone wanted to watch it after, but this wasn't actually my first time streaming. Technically, I used to actually stream on Discord quite quite often, I guess. I guess it was on and off, right? It wasn't really consistent with it, but I wanted to make it something consistent, but some things got in the way. Regardless, I used to stream on Discord, and I know we had an audience there as well, which was pretty fun. I really liked hearing, talking to people, right? Talking to people is like so much fun because this is actual live, and I don't have to be reading a chat all the time. I'm actually speaking with people uh, at the same time as I'm playing, which was which was a lot of fun for me. So yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very nice to feel like Really connected with this with the Stormbound community, because I I think it's pretty wholesome, at least from my experience and a few others that I know. And um, I'd like to hear, like, what are your thoughts or any sentiments you have about the Stormbound community?
3: To be honest, our Stormbound community is quite small, but small doesn't always mean like boring or bad. In my opinion, this small community is quite amazing, to say the least. For example, I never would have seen myself starting a YouTube channel in. Any day, any day of the year, I would never have started a YouTube <laughs> channel. But I know this community, they're very like thankful for what the community does. So I decided, okay, I'll sit myself down and I'll give back to the community. And we're still growing as a channel on my YouTube, which I'm really proud of. On top of that, um, like Ru mentioned, I am hosting some tournaments. I try to make my tournaments fair and like fun, I guess. As, as he mentioned, I try to make it really creative. Because I like this idea of creativity and I really want to import or add more creativity to the community because there's a lot of things we can do, but no one's doing them. So I I really want to expand, I guess, our community outwards, maybe grow, grow to be something even bigger and overall just have fun because that's really what it's all about.
1: Yeah, it's pretty great to see um, a growth in the engagement in the community and seeing people find more passion towards the game. Especially when the game's growing pretty fast now that now that Sheepyard is uh, taking the wheel, right? And uh, what do you think about what Sheepyard has been doing so far? Uh, What's the game? How do you like the changes they've been making?
3: So this is actually a tough question, and there's a couple reasons why, but it's not tough in the sense that it's pretty obvious what Sheepyard is doing is like from the ground up, just amazing because they took this relatively dead game which was stale for the longest time and they're trying to be as active as possible which i'm so thankful for their post and their activity on other social media platforms is actually amazing how they do like daily daily instagram posts or daily twitter posts or just just trying to engage the community and like giving them free stuff for being more active right that part of them is pretty cool in my opinion i like some of their balance changes, I think for the most part, they have been doing a decent job on balance changes. But some of them, unfortunately, I have to say, some of them have been questionable. And I don't want to go too much into that. But some of them I haven't been the biggest fan of. But other than that, they've done a good job. I think also their new cards, they have a a good like paper value to them. But I I just wish that, you know, they, they kind of took more time to look at what, what it is that the community, what this game needs in a sense, because there's a lot of ways they can expand and be more creative with the cards. And I feel like some of that part is just being left out. And I'd really like to see more work being done on that. other than that, their engagement into the community and their ways of adding new content to the game has been actually like pretty cool because for example, there's a lot of improvements they've made to the game, and I'm pretty thankful for it. Like, the calendar was actually a good addition to the game. I like how they try their best to fix bugs when they come out. They're really fast on that. And like I said, I think it's really cool to be able to talk to developers on the Discord. That part is pretty cool, too. I've never actually talked to, like, developers of any other game I've played, so. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: That, That's my favorite part about all this is that Berzoza like being so active in the community and really like addressing people and like you know having fun with them I mean when I was streaming that other day and he just came on to like uh to like say hi and then he was there on voice chat in the discord and he started leaking stuff (laughs) it was just great um right I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to say because he did leak it in front of a bunch of other people but uh he mentioned He's going to they're going to be adding six six legendary structures in the game. That's kind of mad. That's just one of the f- few big leaks that he uh, mentioned during <laughs> during that little hop on, but like you can you can talk to him and it's just great to have that kind of interaction with the developers, right? So reckless, you know, if you had a particular, uh, let's say a Christmas wish, is there is there something realistic you would like to see in the game in the future?
3: Realistic?
1: okay as realistic as you can yeah
3: (laughs) Uh, honestly like i said i for the most part i think CPR is doing a good job considering how stale it was for the longest time before they actually entered the scene there's a couple things i would actually like to see i think um well they're currently working on it too i believe like they always drop some leaks here and there and i know that they, they would definitely take the game into the right direction as they're doing right now so some things would that would be massively like cool to me would be actually a new faction i know that would take so much work oh, yeah. so much time to do but when that does come out i'm probably going to be so excited for that hopefully it it most likely will not be the same as more rush though so i'll probably drop <laughs> it soon but i think it'd be fun to experiment and have fun with as, any additions to the game will always make the game a lot more lively right oh yeah So new factions and i guess some changes to the economy. deal with farmers not a big fan of how that was working out right now and i believe like i said i believe they're working on it so hopefully they have find a good solution and they can put it into the game and then get rid of these negative aspects that or attached to the game.
1: Definitely great. And you're definitely not alone. You know, a lot of the opinions there. I mean, a lot of people in the Discord community share that and they are vocal about it. And, you know, that's not necessarily bad because then the developers are there to listen and uh, to react to what we have to say. So as for one more time to wrap up this uh, little segment, um reckless for any of your fans or new fans now after introducing you into the podcast uh where where, when where can they find you again
3: oh so you can find me on youtube which is just reckless rush so it should be easy to find and well i'm always i'm for the most part really active on the discord so if you ever want to join the official stormbound server and yeah, we can talk there as well.
1: All right. Well, there you have it, guys. The prodigy, Reckless Rush, very valued member of the community. Reckless, it's it's been a real pleasure having you here. It's it's such a wonderful time uh, talking and learning about you more.
3: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, honestly. I had a great time, and I hope we can do this maybe some other time in the future.
0: Yeah, maybe. I think we can do that. Okay, guys. So along with that fantastic interview, I've got to say, um just wow, like like it hit on so many cool aspects. I, I know we have a ton to talk about, but I want to stop for a minute. Did he ever actually tell you, Arthas, what his original account was? Does he ever use it anymore?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't sure if I was gonna ask him because uh
2: <laughs> Right. You don't wanna blow a, up his spot.
1: He's really manifested his uh reckless rush identity. So uh well, let's keep it that way. Okay, fair enough. But it's good you
0: don't realize any one of you might be playing him on ladder and you don't even know it.
2: If you're losing on the five mana turn, it probably Reckless Rush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for real, this is uh, a, a very thoughtful and considerate guy and uh, he puts a lot of a lot of care and analysis into his decks and the way he plays them and it's evident on his youtube channel if you watch any of his videos he's talking about really a lot of micro decisions that he makes every turn he considers every aspect of what he's doing and it's fantastic to see someone put that much effort into it and has that much passion for the game.
0: Yeah I, I mean I learn more just by watching him or more importantly listening to him explain what he's doing than I learned by doing anything else in this game. Arthas, what do you think?
1: It was. It's really nice to when I do go up on his like streams, especially the Discord ones, because I get to talk to him as well. Um, I know that I myself am a very meticulous kind of player, especially like in general, but more especially in Stormbound, I'm always analyzing every little bit, no matter how small it may affect the game, and just like optimizing my decision making, and I do that at a, on a constant basis whenever I'm playing, and uh, it's just amazing when I hear someone else do exactly that as well and they're making their own optimized uh, decision trees for like their deck and and it's even more cool when I get to like argue with like oh what I would do here instead versus what he would do. And it, it usually ends it usually is a very interesting conversation because there are a lot that goes behind it, even though some people are like, wait, wait, how does that matter? <laughs> it's just it's just great having a, a very uh, attentive mind. That like reckless does around in the community.
0: Yeah, and I, I have to say I'm I'm really touched that he gives us credit for inspiring his YouTube channel. I mean that's that's really cool. But uh, I I think he, he he might give us a little too much credit. I, I there was clamoring for a U, a YouTube channel from him for for a long time before we were around, and I'm I'm thankful he's finally doing it. So guys, with that, uh, let's move on. Next up is. Our main topic of the night, which is patch notes were released early this month. I assume, although I don't know, that Sheepyard chose to release the patch notes a little early so they could go away for a, a, a bit of a holiday. Uh, so rather than releasing it with just a few days to go, they released it on the 21st. And what that means for us is we have a ton to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, Subaiku, how do you feel about 50% off your brawl?
2: You know we love that.
1: Baby,
0: yeah, give me that mythic Arthic. Ar- Ar- give me that mythic Arthus. What do you think?
1: I mean, I've been uh, saving up gold this time. I'm Ooh. about to hit, I'm about to hit seven k for once. <laughs> There's so many cards I want to upgrade, but I just have to save up for this brawl because it's such a big deal. I am, I really want those like fifty fusion stones or uh, more, depending on.
0: We're the looking brawl.
2: forward to seeing you at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, yeah, right next to the Merk. <laughs> You're not going
0: to supplant the Merk. No one, no one supplants the merc. but. But right up there. So along with that, guys, the other one that's coming back as well that I'm very excited about because I've been saving up rubies for this uh, is that every card pack you buy in the store. So not that you earn in the brawl, but that you buy in the store, whether you use money or gold or rubies, will give you one extra card. Arthas, what do you think?
1: No no spoilers for like the, the, the shop offers that we know about as well, but uh, <laughs> I am going to be dropping all of my rubies again on 2Mythics. Going to be doing an, an unboxing again in the Discord stream. So uh, if you guys are interested in that, I did something similar in the anniversary. Obviously, it's not going to be as hype as the anniversary because nothing's going to surpass the insane sales back then. But... I'm pretty sure this one's going to be very exciting too.
0: And uh, Subaiku, so a huge quality of life improvement. I know I know you're you're suffering from Carpal Tunnel having to flip through the library looking for the right card. Talk to me. What are they doing? Oh,
2: we're going to get a slider to move <gasps> through the collection. Oh no God. more tap, 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 <laughs> tap, 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 tap. Oh, hey, I found my Siren of the Beast.
1: <laughs> or swipe 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 that's even worse oh <laughs> the, <my
2: God>. this... <laughs> it's a it's little thing the little things that make it just so much easier to play the game
0: oh for sure i'm actually really excited about just doing it just just like to use it like a flip book thing
1: I, well I not got... just that actually there's also the uh the deck filter you know how we have the recent new um all deck fits thing where it's the nice. neutral and your faction there's also one that you see all the factions and the neutral together
2: so
0: yeah, that right cool. out. I love that. I, I turn that on all the time now just
2: to flip through and see what's left to be upgraded. I do too. Even though it's so much less efficient to move through, <laughs> it's just so it's so pretty to see all the cards from all the different factions laid out side by side like that. Yeah, the color scheme of of all the cards
0: together is just really pleasing for some silly, like whatever reason. I just like doing it. So moving on from there, there are uh, some additional changes, balance changes to certain cards in the game. We only have one that is like a definite nerf. And uh, I don't want to give ourselves too much credit on this one, but we (laughs) did mention in our last episode that linked golems felt a little too strong in the meta
2: right now. And so, Subaiku, what's going on with it? I want to make it clear. We were not exactly at the front of the pack on this discussion. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people were complaining about Link Golems. Uh, a lot <laughs> of people knew that it was just way too much and had been saying that for a very long time. So, Oh,
1: come on. But Berzoza literally told us himself, because we talked about it in the podcast, <laughs> they put this nerve earlier.
2: It was already on their radar, but they did, because we talked about it, they did step it up and bring it in a month earlier than they were planning to. Linked golems will be nerfed. So now the strength will be actually increased at the lower levels. It'll be 22333. But the ability is decreased from level one to level five. It used to be two, three, three, four, five. Now it'll be one, two, two, three, four. So the net effect here is that linked golems themselves are a little bit stronger. The unit that they buff is a little bit weaker. And the overall stats that you get, you used to get a total of five stats at level one. 7, 8, 10, and 13 as you level it up. Now it'll be a total of 4 stats at level 1, 6, 7, 9, and 11 as you level it up. So it's down 1 at each level, except at level 5 it's down 2 strength. I think that this is a fantastic change. I think it brings the power level of the card down in a way that we all appreciate. However, it doesn't kill the card. The card is still very strong in all aspects it's strong value it's strong tempo uh still very playable it's still a card you want to build around but now it's not overwhelming
1: yeah i mean uh one one stat like one strength difference at like most of the levels is actually a pretty big change i mean think about when you level a lot of your cards right when you level them up uh, you also gain one strength usually And uh, this means that it's so much easier for people to battle any Ironclads who are a little bit uh, higher level than them. It's much easier. They need, like, one less level to keep up, you know? That's a pretty big deal. And uh, it's nice that they didn't completely destroy, like, its design by, like, doing anything crazy with, like, mana or movement. It is still the Link Golems we know and love. It's just, you know, a little more tame now.
0: Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I think it's still an incredibly powerful card at level 5, 11 strength on the board for 3 mana is still pretty darn good. <laughs> um, uh, so, I, I I think this is absolutely a step in the in the right direction. I also like that they're not... Um, one of the things that I want to compliment Sheepyard for, because uh, it, it popped into my mind when I was looking at this, is they have a very steady hand on the tiller. Uh, even when they want to make changes, they're not giant knee-jerk changes, swinging like hard one way and then hard the other, and and, and, you know, we're not seeing giant swings of cards. When they make adjustments, they make them small. And so the nice thing about that from a player's perspective is that even after you're even after, you know, July, uh, January 1st, this card will still play more or less the same way it always has. Its impact on the game will be diminished, but you play it effectively in the same exact spot. And you always play it with give or take more or less the same kind of power spike that you're hoping to get from your three-mana epic, it's just slightly diminished. So I like that. I, I think it's its a good step. I'm, I, I worry, though, that we might be a month or two away from a second maybe tone-down of it as well. And if that has to happen, great. If I'm wrong also great. It means, you know, we didn't make too big of a swing in the first time.
2: Yeah, I, I think it is possible that we will see a second rework of this card. That's a really good point you made, Freeloader. The Link Golems themselves, looking at the numbers, still have the same strength at every level except for level five. So it's really mostly decreasing the strength of the unit that it's buffing, the construct that you play it next to, uh, which I think is the right way to go about this. But the overall value is still, is still very strong. so it's still definitely something you want to play around and still definitely something you're going to see every time you play an ironclad deck
0: yeah i'm not i'm not so sure of that the the the, the biggest so just looking at it from how i've been playing around it if i deny a value trade by the linked golems if i if i recognize that it might get played the following turn and i position my units so there can't be a value trade that tends to be when i win the game if my opponent can get an early value trade from the link golems so in other words the golems clears something and remains behind with one or two health then my opponent just has so much initiative it's oftentimes it's such a swing turn by by not reducing the power the 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 effective overall power of the link golems themselves. That's the unit that does the trade, not the other one. Uh, so the same value trades that my opponent might be able to get now, they'll be able to get in January. And so I'm not 100% sure yet uh, whether or not this has been diminished enough in power that it, it, it's not going to be OP. Still, I would advise to everybody who plays against Ironclad, try to, try to think about where a link golems could be played against a Construct that would then generate a value trade and prevent that from happening don't put your units there if you can avoid it because i think that's still the big power spike so so moving on from there we have a couple of uh, buffs uh, arthas talk me through sunbeam serpents
1: right sunbeam serpents i'm glad that they're taking a look at shadow and dragons because uh man are such there's such forgotten cards and it's not even forgotten souls but um sunbeam serpents getting buffed pretty big one actually uh if you guys already know the ability of sunbeam it is that um it gains the strength of the strongest bordering friendly dragon that's what it is right now before the update but now they're completely removing the bordering condition if you just happen to have a really strong dragon anywhere on the board playing sunbeam serpents will gain that same amount of strength and this is amazing because now it's not so horribly like um, confined to that positioning condition because that makes it harder to get the value from the strength gain. Like, let's say, uh, oh, this is a perfect time to pressure the enemy base. Oh, but your dragon was just, like, not in the right spot for you to get the full uh, value. Or if it's, like, blocked in places, now you, you don't have to worry about that. It's even easier now to do um, Shadowfin Dragons. And it might actually be viable, especially with the recent Cordia buff.
0: Which I love
1: yeah yeah to to get some good value from sunbeam all you just all you need is just spare dragonling on any dragon and then you just play sunbeam and it's they're both big <laughs> big and
2: shocking you can create a big threat for less mana than if you play dangerous suitors right it, it gives shadow dragons just something else which it was really lacking before you could do the Cordia spam and try to position it so that the eggs survived or try to get lucky so that the eggs survived. But now you just actually have just another legitimate mid-range threat that you can put down and your opponent has to deal with. It's no longer confined to something you have to play next to your base because you used your Beasts of Terror defensively or whatever.
1: Another insight is that um, because you can now easily have the Sunbeam uh Strength buff. It's it's so much less vulnerable to to meta cards like confinement because you know dangerous suitors. Although they can go really big, um, confinement kind of just shrinks that card. But with sunbeam, when you do play it for good value, there are two large dragons on the board, <laughs> so they're gonna have to start picking and choosing. What they want to deal with, and then you know that's gonna build a lot of value for you because the enemy has to invest much more resources dealing with your sunbeam than how much you actually put in.
0: And not for nothing, but there's the the lack of positioning requirement means that um, not that you have to always play around Siren of the Seas, but this allows you to play around Siren of the Seas, right? You don't have to put the two units right next to each other where Siren could clear them both. Now they could be split apart. They could be in Columns 1 and 4, for example. The other thing I really like about it is it allows you to play one big unit defensively if you have to, like, like a Dansu. and then you can play your Sunbeam offensively on their baseline to pressure simultaneously, you know, the following turn, or vice versa. If you put something really big far forward and your opponent just decides to try to rush around you, now your Sunbeam Serpents can be a giant... Uh, uh, you know, get a huge value trade for you and then still be a very big body kind of clogging the board near your baseline defensively, which feels great.
2: You're going to definitely try to hit the curve where you go Cordia and then on the very next turn, spare Dragonling, buff something that survives, anything that survives from your Cordia turn into Sunbeam Serpent on their baseline. Like it just, it's going to flow so much better.
0: Oh yeah. That's a spicy, spicy setup.
2: It was not, however, guys,
0: the only dragon to get buffed. And I know we, we, we've got a very special buff with the next one. Uh, we'll talk about it right afterwards. The next dragon that got buffed, Arthas, also has a new keyword. So talk us through the buff, and then we'll discuss this keyword.
1: And if you guys haven't already seen my most recent video, shameless advertising. But uh, I played a Zuri deck. And uh, I mentioned on the video as well that, yeah, Zuri's getting buffed. Pretty cool. Even better, they added a new mechanic to the game. So they didn't actually change anything with the uh, the, con- the positional conditions or the mana or the ability. None of that. But they added this new mechanic called Vitality. And, well, basically, when Zuri flies over his, his friendly units, um, not only does he buff the units in strength, but he also vitalizes them. And now vit- Vitality is a status effect. Much easily compared to poison, but actually reverse version. Um, at the start of your turn, the unit gains one strength <laughs> before moving. So it's kind of like how poison it uh, it reduces the strength by one each each start of the turn. This is just the opposite version of that. And so this means that when you start buffing cards like in by your backline, you back then it would be kind of like oh that's like not so good. Like, sure, you put a lot of value, but it's not very threatening for the enemy. This way, now you can actually slow roll a really nice Zuri because the more the more number of turns that your uh, unit is on the board, the more it's growing and growing, you know? <laughs> it's great. And
0: Subaiku, uh it's interesting that Arthas mentioned Poison in relation to Vitality because there's actually an interplay between those two effects. Can you talk us through
2: that? That's right. Vitality is now a counter to Poison, When you add vitality to a unit, when you vitalize it, you will remove the poison effect while you're adding the vitality keyword. And vice versa, if you poison a vitalized unit, you will remove the vitality status effect while you're adding the poison effect. So now you have a nice way to interact between those two mechanics.
0: Poison being a Shadowfen effect and Zuri being a Swarm effect, card uh you know you think normally shadow is highly favored against swarm decks in this case does this make you think that maybe swarm has some stronger counterplay to shadow oh
1: yeah for sure i mean as me as a loyal poison fan because uh poison is what what brought me so high in this game and i always i still love that playstyle. it's it's kind of sucky to see it they're still <laughs> indirectly nerfing it they already the added elders which killed poison And then uh, there's this too, but I'm not really complaining. It's just a little bit of sadness because I am loyal to it. But I really love the dynamic though because it's not like poison can't do anything about it. Poison still can um, replace the status effect of units that are vitalized. So it's a really nice back and forth. And um, what's so lovely about this vitality mechanic is that it really adds more playstyle options in the game it starts rewarding people who love to play slow because um I know there are a lot of buffing cards, right? Something like Zuri or like Fort Tonic, but they're they're kind of like a one-time thing. This one, it's like, okay, I can actually reap better rewards when I invest them earlier and like uh, slower. And it's really cool that people can now make those kind of decisions uh, in their game. It, it just adds so much more depth and I love it when they do that.
2: So I do worry about the downside though, where the unit grows every turn I worry that there could be a snowball effect where the unit gets buffed and buffed and buffed as it marches down the board and it, If your opponent can't deal with it immediately, then it's even less likely that they'll be able to deal with it later on. Uh, I think as only a plus one gain every turn, it's probably going to be pretty reasonable. It's definitely going to be something that we'll have to keep our eye on and try to see is it something that causes games to get out of hand, especially if it's played on an Elder
1: it's much more significant in the earlier levels with uh, one strength being a pretty big percentage difference right
2: oh for
0: sure yeah <laughs> the other thing that's interesting about it is it's actually sort of i know it seems kind of counterintuitive but it's got anti synergy with command because this is a a long term investment in this unit you're giving it vitality with the hope that it will grow and so every time you command it forward you're skipping a turn of growth uh so it's it'll be interesting to see how that plays out do you want to play a lot of command cards in a vitality deck or do you want to slow play it and let them have their time to grow i don't know what the answer will be i think
2: the answer is you vitalize your petrified fossils
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man
2: okay Okay, when, when,
0: when, when, when Saviku drops the Petrified Fossil Swarm deck, we will share that deck list with you. Third, your
1: <laughs> <room>.
0: <laughs> uh, no,
2: but another interesting interplay here, um, if you look at the interaction between Vitality and the Freeze Mechanic, right? as as a winter deck, if you're looking to stall the game out and freeze the opponent's units, this really punishes you for doing that because now these units get bigger every turn that they're still on the board, and they, you know they just become harder and harder to deal with. That might be something too, uh, a nice way to counter a freeze effect. We talked about how Swarm can use that command keyword to uh, to try to counter the stall from a from a freeze deck, and this might be another way that Swarm has to kind of level the playing field. That's a really really good point. I hadn't thought about that. So in in one uh, matchup, it
0: maintains and in fact maybe even reinforces its favored status, Swarm into Winterpack, and in the other one, it gives it more of a balanced matchup when it was otherwise unfavored. I like that. What I know MKM won't like is that we also have some burfs, and I know how much he loves the word burf.
2: but. Uh, <laughs> oh, stop teasing him about it.
0: I, I'm sorry. Anybody, who, <laughs> anybody who's almost as old as me deserves to get teased by me every day of the week. Uh, so, so burf number one, Sabaiku walk me through potion of growth.
2: Burf number one is on Pog. So minus one ability on all levels. It used to buff three, four, five, six, seven. Now it's two, three, four, five, six. Just does less all the way around. But in compensation for that, it gets Vitality. Woo-hoo. It vitalizes the unit you cast it on. So it is less of a buff on the turn that you play it, but if the unit sticks around, breaks even at one turn, and anything else, it's it's just an improvement. So in a Reckless Rush-style deck where you're looking to play Potion of Growth and Forgotten Souls on the same turn, you will take a little bit of a hit, you will do a little bit less damage, uh, but it, if you play a Potion of Growth on something that you're sticking on your opponent's baseline and you're protecting it so that it marches in on its own next turn, it'll still be the same amount of damage.
0: Yeah, this is what I was talking about with the inadvertent, or maybe I shouldn't say inadvertent, it might be very advertent, but uh, indirect nerf to command cards, right? Is that now suddenly Potion of Growth plus command, that vitality in, in that kind of play is actually irrelevant. Because you won't the unit won't stay on the board long enough for it to ever uh, reap the benefits. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see i'm I'm fairly confident, but I'm not reckless. Uh, so I'll say that up front, but I'm fairly confident that Pog still stays in that deck. Arthas, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's still really strong, right? Um, but, I mean, this this makes it so that um, personal servers are actually might be a bit more uh, appealing because it has uh, plus one value than Potion of Growth, um, ignoring the growth from the Vitality, right? Um, but it is still a very unique card where you can just give strength to a unit of choice, focus all that strength to just one, and then uh, working with that, right? I mean, yeah, one strength is, like I said before, it is a, it is a pretty decent deal, right? Mm-hmm. Especially because in a game where levels matter. Um, but I don't think it's gonna like kill the card in Reckless Rush. It it does play a pretty vital half, vital role <laughs> oh. uh, role in the card, in the deck. Sorry. <laughs> All right.
0: So moving on from there, we have actually another swarm card, and this I think has to be my personal most excited change to the game Jan one. Baiku, walk me through what they are doing with Broken Truce.
2: Another burf. Broken Truce. Gains one mana, goes from three mana to four mana. It will still destroy a target unit or structure with a cap that increases based on level. So you destroy something with 12 or less strength, for example. However, this time around, Broken Shoes has a mini AoE any spare damage, any leftover damage, will be randomly spread among all surrounding units or structures. So if you use your 12 strength cap Broken Truce to remove a 6 strength minion, everything surrounding will take another 6 strength of damage. And th- that should be your units as well, so be careful with that. Arthas, I love this. What do you think?
1: I think it's really cool because now <laughs> it's basically another toxic for swarm this time though but the thing that that makes me excited is that um you know with broken truce being quite underplayed it's only it's only real benefit is that um it can destroy large enemies right that's like the only time you want to use it because taking damage to your base like three damage right that is pretty big you don't want to waste it on a small unit but now there's actually a pretty good reason to do it if it racks up a lot of value and what I love about this is they're really expanding the archetypes for um, Swarm, guys. It's not just Rush anymore because, we're, well, for one, with Vitality, mid range is going to be even more apparent, a little bit more uh, effective, right? With Zuri and Potion of Growth um building up the tempo but here broken truths with this like a AO- really strong aoe effect actually
2: really strong aoe you're paying yeah. for it four mana is that that's a big change going from three to four mana let's be clear about that
1: yeah okay so like for example level five 18 strength he put it, <laughs> if you hit something with one strength it's 17 damage all around okay and, that, and you yeah,
2: know <laughs> one, one thing we didn't say None of that splash damage will hit base. It's only yeah, for no. units. It's only for towers on the board or units on the board, not not base at all.
1: What's also great is that it doesn't have to be an enemy unit you're Broken Trucing. You can Broken Truce your own unit. Like if you're playing Mertz and you're playing a Swarm Control deck, Merse is pretty tiny, right? You can combo that with Broken Truce and deal some serious damage. And I just love that like Swarm control is getting some love because that's been a joke archetype for a while.
0: (laughs) This may be
2: I I, I, I'm not sure yet. This may be the best control card in the game. I don't know about that. So let's talk about the the downside is significant. You take three damage to your base and swarm is not a class that has healing, right? It's not yes. You're not allowed to just drop Ulf unless you like capture it with Harvester of Souls or something, um, but you can't really count on that. So it, it is hard to, to use this repeatedly, but the fact that it is flexible like Toxic Sacrifice, you can use it in a lot of different situations. Well, yes, but also
0: there are times where um, your opponent does something like they box up, right? So they're in one of your corners. Biggest unit is in the corner, surrounded by three small units. And there's just no way you can toxack your way out of that. You're taking damage in that situation. Broken truce. That just might be a full clear.
1: Yeah, and the uh, like to add on to what Subika said, where you can't really use it repeatedly. Um, although that is a downside. Using it just one or two times makes a pretty significant difference. Right. That, that and I, I just too. love that it's not just an auto cycle in your deck, that you actually, there are moments that you can save your butt really hard in a way that like other factions can't really do.
2: (laughs) It takes a card that was so situational, it was rarely used and it, it turns into something that you can really use defensively almost any time and that i don't want to minimize that like that is a really important we talked about how a lot of these changes sheep art is making it look like they want to expand the pool of playable cards this is a playable card now you can use this all the time for and sure And like you said like you said arthur's just using it once or twice in a match might might be enough to turn the tide
1: yeah, and I want to remind people that you this is also very good against structures because uh, something like a turn two true shot post by the enemy can easily just end your game when you don't have an answer or like at least back then uh, with like frozen core or anything like that or even um uh, underground spring because they're so hard to deal with. Um, broken Truce deals with them. It's just it's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, so. We have one more to talk about, Arthas. Walk me through Chilled Stone Dames.
1: Oh, this one. This one's pretty crazy, honestly. I'm a bit shocked seeing the kind of change they gave here. But uh, it is still a burf, but I'm going to say it's a buff. It's a buff. buff. (laughs) All right. so mana increase uh, from 4 to 5, so now 5 mana. Same strength, same movement, but they changed the ability. In the current state, chilled stone dames, after surviving damage, it destroys all weaker enemies, uh, enemy units in front. That was really, really bad back then, having the weaker thing and chilled stone names not being that strong in the the first place. But now, they actually removed the weaker part of the condition. It just now destroys all enemy units in front, no matter how freaking large. Like, uh, if there's (laughs) there's four (laughs) 100-strength rhymes... (laughs) level level one chilled stone dames can clear all of them theoretically it's just it's crazy but like it's it's so powerful in terms of like the control and uh with the change this big i am i'm gonna i'm gonna call it already chilled stone dames gonna be winter meta it's incredibly powerful because uh with with things like zuri being popular now right with the buff and things with the ironclad midrange still being strong this can wipe entire columns, guys.
0: Yeah, but it can't. So, so the thing that I'm worried about with it, though, is that most people don't collimate their attack. They tend to go wide and try to do things like base lock or try to, you know what I mean? So I'm I'm not sure in general how much value you, if, if you can get a value trade with the Chillstone Dames and then clear two units i think that's amazing i also think that's really hard to do i just don't i, I can't i can't think of too many board states where you're going to have three units in a row like that
2: it's going to be very situational um however if you're playing against a lot of slower decks like arthur said mid-range decks uh, zuri decks maybe it's definitely going to be useful i i think it's something that if you're trying to play a winter control deck you're definitely going to want to to have it in the deck oh yeah but then you're gonna start to face rush decks and cycle it a lot and think maybe this isn't really particularly useful or you're going to play it against three units in a column and think to yourself well if i just had siren of the seas it would have done the same thing plus i could use that as a runner
0: it's a lot more expensive though
2: a lot more expensive don't get me wrong but i'm i'm not sure how much use it's going to see because of that
1: well the other interesting thing is that now there are a lot more useful five mana cards that winter can use right because uh i'm not gonna count Rings, okay that thing's two mana but uh like rock workers died right (laughs) and uh moment's piece isn't being used frozen core isn't being used this is a nice nice mana slot to be used by winter now You know, it's not ruining curves entirely.
2: And, you know, maybe this is like you play this and Void Surgers and you kind of keep one for your five mana play, depending on what your opponent is doing, and cycle the other one. Like, that's perfectly reasonable.
0: Yeah, Void Surgers was specifically the card that I was thinking of. In a situation where your opponent puts three units in a column, if you have front, in other words, let's say you've got one unit that's like, you know, more than halfway down the board. Putting the Void Surgers just adjacent to the middle of the three units in that column hits, activates, and clears all three. But Void Surgers also can deal with units that are spaced around or spaced sideways, or, you know, it's a more flexible card. It does need an activation of three units within. Uh, you know, a surrounding kind of uh, a perimeter, which is sometimes difficult. I can't decide. It might be the right thing, Subaiku, to play both, trying to make your opponent have to guess which one's in hand at any moment. But I don't know.
2: But they're useful in different situations, right? Look at Chilled Stone Dames. If it survives a trade and destroys even one unit, you're thrilled. Like, it did what you want it to do. It's got movement, which avoids Surges does not, and that's Fair. an important effect. Yeah, you got yeah. to keep that in mind. And it's something that you can buff and continue to get value from if you're playing a slower deck. If you use it to clear, your opponent gets forced back to their baseline now. Blessed with Brawn is up next in your mana slot, maybe.
1: Yeah, and even if they're a bit under leveled, obviously it's going to be a bit harder to, to uh, activate, but it still has the same powerful ability, right?
0: Right, that's the part that's nuts. I, I'm just, I, I'm trying to figure out boards that would have big value in the mid board and then like a cheap small weak minion up front i'm well, trying to You can
1: you combo that. it with hunter's vengeance though yeah no that's true yeah yeah you could combo, <laughs> combo
0: hunter's vengeance you could even combo it with you know something like uh, uh just your gifted recruits to chip down the the first unit so that way you do get the value trade with the stone dames and there's a lot of things you can do i don't know If 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 Zuri Swarm ends up becoming a huge deal, I think Chilled Stone Dames becomes a huge counter.
2: If Zuri Swarm becomes a big deal, then we have to start calling Arthas Hipster Arthas because he was there before it was popular. (laughs) Very true. He he will no longer be
1: be doing that deck again. (laughs) He will no longer
0: be Whale Arthas. He will be Hipster Arthas. (laughs) He was into him before it was cool. All right, guys, with that, uh, that ends all of our buffs, nerfs, and births. Uh What do we think overall? H- how, do- how do these changes make you feel about the new year?
1: I am I am so happy that they're making giant changes like this, for one. They added an entirely new mechanic, right? And then, like, having some serious buffs, like with Sunbeam and the Chilled Stone thems uh, these are very big changes. And not to mention the quality of life, too. It's a really nice step in the right direction. It just makes me anticipate uh, even more what the big third sheepyard update is going to be if they're capable of doing this stuff and just a monthly update.
2: That's a really great point. I'm so looking forward to what's coming in the future. We talked last time about how it looks like they're really setting the table. You know, I, I love to see the legendaries that aren't played very much get a little buff because I really do think these should be powerful cards that have an impact on the game and uh, to see Cordia get a buff, to see Zuri get a buff, like these, these cards just weren't played very much at all. And now, now they're viable. I I mean, admittedly, the, the jury is still out on Zuri, but I do think that you'll be able to, to get some use out of it. Um, And the quality of life changes, like you said, Uh, you know, I just want to bring that up again. The fact that they care enough about the little things to make it, just more easy to get through your collection to give a discount on the brawl like they want to keep people having fun in the game and not and not do the laborious tasks of building a deck that takes 20 minutes when it could take two you know i I really appreciate that
0: yeah i'll 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 say that um one of the things that i think they've done a pretty good job of so far is uh, finding ways of bringing extra cards into the meta. We've talked about that quite a bit. So, Mike, I know you touched on it. Um, but the whole idea of introducing an entire new keyword to the game, and rather than doing it by bringing in new cards, by simply bringing it to cards that have already existed but didn't see uh, adequate levels of play, I think is brilliant. I love the idea of vitality. If the de- If the game has poison it should have vitality like one versus the other makes so much sense so i'm, I'm glad to see it's finally there it is funny that i was just commending uh Sheepyard for having a very steady hand on the tiller not even a full episode ago earlier this episode i was saying how they're doing small changes and here we are looking through this and going well so much for the small changes some of these are giant uh and i'm excited about that too i guess uh I, Overall, I think with all of these, I, I, I look at Link Golem still as, as I don't know if it's enough. And that's the one that really sticks out in my mind as the uh, one that could end up being a little bit of a misfire. Uh, I, I, I want to be wrong. I, I don't want Link Golems to get Warsong Commandered. I don't want it to get nerfed out of existence. So I hope I'm wrong on that. Uh, it's the only one that has me nervous. The other ones have me excited. I, I can't wait to play uh, on all of this stuff. So moving on from there, guys, uh, the tournament, Uh, the Conquest tournament is starting up. Arthas, talk us through what's going on.
1: Unfortunately, signups have closed, but it's group stage of the game now, of the tournament is starting up and matches are starting to be played. It's pretty exciting. And uh, it should end by the end of this month, uh, December 31st or so. And uh, I think we'll keep you updated, see who won and stuff. I think That would be pretty nice to give a shout out to those people in the community who are really showing off their kind of skills.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, our next episode will
1: probably
0: air something like uh, January 6th. So we'll give the shout out, but it'll be almost a week late. Our apologies on that. Uh, So did you end up deciding to join or not? I didn't, I've never even asked.
2: Yep. I'm, I did register. Yeah. I am active. I am in one of the groups with five other members of the community, and I'm looking forward to getting my butt kicked in my first tournament. Oh, I wonder
1: if I get I wonder if I get to see you in the knockouts though Subaiku, and we can we can uh, battle it out
2: <laughs> Oh gosh I hope not <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: let you want to have to go up against a whale although it is an equal so it actually doesn't matter how uh, mature your library is everybody's playing with level 1 cards Uh lastly guys uh, we got an email from one of the people I'm a biggest fan of so I'm really touched that uh, he decided to reach out to us again We've received uh, uh, some feedback from him before. I guess I'll read this one. Uh, it's from Mcam. He said, first of all, I couldn't ask my questions any other way than by email. The age shaming is real. And I tick all the check boxes." you'll have mentioned at the end of the podcast from the blast from the past. Well, in this case, apparently even Arthas watches. <laughs> His question, what advice would you give me to re-energize my passion for Stormbound? Obviously, I still care plenty for the game and look forward to all the small and big updates. However, it becomes more difficult to get those spark moments. Finding something to do what I haven't done before becomes quite difficult. Sorry if this question's a bit self-centered. And don't worry about that. That's fine, dude. Uh, and my last question, stop teasing me with the word "burf." Nah, I'm kidding. Keep up the entertaining podcast. Well, sorry, there's a lot of burfs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not that you even mentioned him too good job <laughs> the timing
0: <laughs> right uh, so Arthas, i don't think subaiku and i have as well developed a library uh as you so so of the three of us you're the one who's played the most factions you know to diamond deck mm-hmm. style it, what do you do after you've, like, you know, for example, exhausted all the different Shadowfen uh,
1: uh, uh, builds possible? Yeah, pretty interesting that you mentioned Shadowfen because uh, I don't remember, it's been a month now since I played the Shadowfen game. I know, I'm a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I got a little bored. It's a bit too strong with Nuts, okay? <laughs> it's just way too strong. And uh, I have played so many different things in Shadowfend. I mean, playing Shadowfend basically my entire career, Um, I, I've i known so many different combos. But, you know, exciting though. At least the uh, Shadowfend dragon's is going to be something I'm going to be trying for sure. But uh, regards to the... Uh, the other factions though it's hard for me to like relate to mkm yet because i am still starting with uh doing a the bunch of different combinations you can be doing for the other factions and i'm still finding excitement whenever i find new ones especially when people are posting really nice decks you know out there in the discord it's nice to join those and uh, try them out or uh do some kind of variation of them those are usually my inspirations when i find decks that people are trying out on the Discord. Uh maybe something MCAM would do. But I know he does that too, you know, during his streams. He takes some deck suggestions too. But uh I mean for someone like MCAM who's been playing so long, man, he probably have tried so many countless things already. And with such a large collection with so many viable cards, right? I'm sure he's tried so many things. And it's definitely concerning because uh when you do reach that point it's it's hard to uh motivate yourself. I know there are other people outside of MKM who are suffering too, but um but I am I am still optimistic though because I remember Sheepyard mentioned that they're putting a really big update, right? And it's supposed to solve three of the biggest problems of Stormbound, and that's uh, the uh, farming, matchmaking, and endgame content. So I guess I honestly would rather wait and see what they have for that before I have any more advice.
2: That's fair. And look, while Freeloader and I can't talk in a way that's directly comparable, I want to make it clear, this isn't just a problem for endgame players or max level players, right? Like The question really comes down to, how do you continue to motivate yourself to play a game, even if you like the game, when progression stalls? And I can definitely say, you know, a few months in, I felt the same way. Like like I got to a point that was as far as I felt like my card levels could take me. And then I just kind of had to sit and play for months to accumulate resources so that I could then... Uh, make it a little further and I, I did make it a little bit further every month but like a little bit is is the key phrase there It's not like, early on when you just jump into silver and then jump into gold and then you know you can even make it into platinum pretty early if you're playing an aggressive deck. I mean ask reckless rush about that. Well you did ask Reckless Rush about that. <laughs> but but then the progression kind of slows down and it stalls and you feel like is this even worth putting my time into anymore? Am I gonna get anywhere out of that? Yeah. It, it, finding different ways to challenge yourself. You know, maybe Maybe you want to challenge yourself to build a deck around a particular card. Maybe you want to challenge yourself to save up resources and brawl as far as you can. Maybe uh, try to find alternate ways to progress that aren't really tied to card level or rank. It's it's not easy. I, I do empathize with that. So
0: there are two things that come to mind for me in terms of suggestions. Um, the first is that there is another uh, uh, playstyle available in the game already. It's brawl. If you're finding that you reach the the, the top tier of diamond, uh, and then there's just not much more to do for the the season, you could perhaps challenge yourself to you know pick your favorite brawl and just go for it. See if you can beat the Merc. I mean, I don't know if anybody can, but if anybody can do it, maybe it's you, MKM. Um, It would be a fun challenge to watch happen in real time anyway, because there is a leaderboard for it. So we could all just kind of sit back, get some popcorn and see who finishes
1: higher. Oh, and I I forgot to mention because <laughs> I'm a bit ashamed that I forgot to mention this because I knew exactly what I did that kept me energized in the game and because uh, I remember back then when I was uh, when I was low diamond or actually when I was fresh diamond one and I was just like stuck with like one or two decks you know and then at that at that like stage it's really hard to get any progress and all you're doing is grinding fusion stones it does get boring but the thing that I did was that I involved myself very deeply in the community, Uh, most especially tournaments or any sort of community events, friendly matches or whatever. Tournaments are, at least for me, the thing that really kept me going in this game because after going so far in ranked and being so used to the meta, tournaments are usually equal, so level 1 cards, and it's just, it feels like a completely different experience, different players, different playstyles, different cards that you like never see before. And there's so many things you can try because you don't need to level up the cards. You just need to have them in your collection. And you have so many people to work with. Like with Faction Wars, you have a team that helps you out with deck building and trying new stuff when there are new bands. Those are the kind of things that kept, me, like, kept my game experience really fresh, not to mention the wholesome connections I build with the community members. That's the the big one.
0: Very well said. And and the last thing that I'll i put in your mind, uh, it, it goes back a couple of years now. But uh, I used to watch a fantastic streamer by the name of Dog. He, he back then. He went by H S Dog Dog on Twitter. Uh, or on Twitter on Twitch. Pardon me. And Dog was playing Hearthstone one night, and a dude in chat just said something about. You know, these freaking streamers with all the top cards, yada, yada, yada. It's really easy for them to make legend. Dog didn't particularly take kindly to it. And he said, wait, what? I'll tell you what. I'll start a new account tomorrow night and I will make legend from a new account in 24 hours. And he just, he, he pulled a 24 hour stream and he didn't even need all 24 hours. I think he did it in about like, you know, 22 and a half hours or something like that. You went from a brand new account all the way through. I'm not suggesting that you try to do it all in one day, but as a way to help attract new viewers to your uh, stream channel, it's a great way to show them how to properly build a library and how to sort of make decisions on what to invest in based on what they're, you know, what you're packing a lot of. Uh, you could maybe do that once or twice a year uh you know so that in between you get to actually play with your normal account but spend a a week or whatever you know just like this month the first week i'm just gonna start a new account and show you guys how to build it how to go um it's a fun new challenge to start over from scratch i know a couple of people who've done it in different games and and uh they quite like it heck even reckless apparently did it i still want to know what happened to his early account and whether or not i can get his cards
1: you should follow his rush to diamond because that is his fresh account and every single game is recorded and posted on, on YouTube, so you experience the full journey.
0: <laughs> Somebody do that with winter. I want to know what the weakest card
1: <laughs> do. Oh gosh!
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Well, it, this episode has gone on for quite a while, but like we said, it's going to be our last of the year. Thank you so much for uh, everything this year. I mean, I, I, from the bottom of my heart, I want to I want to thank all of our listeners for for helping us build uh what has become this fun little project
2: we we had no idea it was going to get here so michael your thoughts it's been such a rewarding hobby it's been great to interact with the community if i had one word to sum it up it would be fantastic
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and Artis,
0: what do you want to say to our listeners this year
1: i i really want to thank you guys for showing some real uh excitement because, um, you know, it's easy for me to feel like, oh, did they actually like like the stuff? But then you guys really give us the reassurance. And even if we're like repetitive sometimes or we're doing a certain content uh, a lot and I would think, oh, maybe they're tired of it now. Maybe we got to innovate. But You guys are still saying, yeah, you like it. And it's, it feels so amazing that we have this nice, positive uh, influence in the community. And uh, not to mention, I am still very, very honored that uh, you guys chose me as a third host. <laughs> I'm very happy to be spending so much time with you and learning about you guys. So it's amazing.
0: Honestly, we're still shocked you said yes. So, you know. It's- <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, well, well here's to a, a, a fantastic and even better 2021 than 2020. Uh, and that's going to do it for this episode. For Arthas, Sabaiku, I am Freeloader. We are the Brood Sages reminding you, especially this time of year, please be responsible and stay hydrated.